We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Welcome to the Planet 8 Halloween Podcast. <laughs> Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we continue celebrating the Halloween season. This episode, we're going to be discussing some of our favorite films that we watch during Halloween. Hopefully, some of the movies we discuss are going to be on your watch list uh, straight away. Let's kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. Bob, what's one of the films you'd like to discuss uh, to start us off with our Halloween movie discussion? Well, see, I watch horror movies like all year long. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Halloween comes around and it's like, hey, let's watch some horror movies. But (laughs) what I tend to do, I tend to gravitate more towards sort of the humorous side of things. So I'll watch movies, you know, like if I had to pick the first one, I'd say, uh, how about Don Knotts in The Ghost and Mr. Chicken? It's a classic. (laughs) I mean, that's one that... uh, I don't know where I first discovered that movie, but um, for whatever reason, every Halloween I got to watch it. I sit down and you know put it on and you know watch Don Knotts go through his uh, his thing and you know add a boy Luther. <laughs> but uh, and and getting that organ music stuck in my head as well. Right. Which you know, uh, it was interestingly enough, the soundtrack to the Ghost and Mister Chicken was done by Vic Mizzy. who also did The Addams Family and uh, Green Acres, of all things. Yeah, he did did the music for The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, including that uh, organ rift that just sticks in your head after you watch it. Gets in there. You know, I I think I saw that on, like, Dialing for Dollars for the first time, Bob. Did you you get the count and the amount? Yeah, no. No. I did not, but it, it was during the daytime. It wasn't on Creature Features. Maybe it was a three thirty movie or a Chiller Diller or something like that. But yeah, that is a classic. And that 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 theme song, that organ music, just kind of sticks with you. I may have to go back and see it now because I I know I haven't seen that probably since I was a kid, and that was on KTLA Channel Five down in the LA area. Oh wow! <laughs> and um, yeah, well, my mom really liked it too, so we. I know we saw it several times, but... Uh, and it kind of yeah, has all the time. Halloween tropes in it. I mean, a haunted house and ghosts and, wow. and all mm-hmm. that. And uh, even, uh, what, Dick Sargent is in it. That's yeah. right. One of the Darrens. That's right. So, I, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to uh, mention, this year, 
because uh, we're subscribed to so many online uh, uh, channels. I don't know, for lack of a better, you know, traditionally. Yeah, exactly. It, it was like, you know, TBS or Sci-Fi Channel or, you know, whatever was on cable. Now it's just like blown up. There's so many, you know, the other night Jasmine and I were talking. I was like, oh, let's let's watch, um, you know, um, I can't think of the, name movie. Of the movie now. The Time Machine. Watch The Time Machine. Not the original, but she'd never seen the, the remake or one of the remakes that they did where uh, the guy, um, the same story, but he, he meets uh, these uh, humans in the future and this little boy is having nightmares and whatever. So anyway, we were able to find it on Paramount Plus of all the platforms. Um, it's just and, and it was, you know, kind of Halloweeny because of the Morlocks at the end. But uh yeah, there's just so much, you know, they have Halloween Fest on AMC, Sci-Fi Channel has the new Chucky series, uh, There's, you know, and then all the Blu-rays that, you know, I have laying around here at uh, Mobile Command. It, it, it's, it's funny because Jasmine is actually like, can we watch something non-horror related? Because No, no, know, Halloween's coming up. <laughs> I mean, I, I still can't see the howling. It's like that damn thing is only on some... I don't know. You have to get like stars plus or some bizarre ass. I, I got it. I got it on Blu-ray. I can like send it down. You can borrow it. Because <laughs> the, the reason I, I have it, it in, interestingly it. enough, is we did a Halloween show over the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland one year. And we did family friendly night and not so family friendly night. So family friendly <laughs> night was Son of Godzilla and uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And then not-so-family-friendly night was The Howling and Motel Hell. Mm. How's that for a double feature? It's quite the double feature. But uh, uh, Yeah, so I, I basically have the Blu-ray because I bought it because I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I wanted to make sure that it was halfway decent before we booked it for the Halloween show. Yeah, I, I was going to say there are certain movies that you just have to go buy a DVD or Blu-ray, yeah. Rosemary's Baby being one of those for us. Um so we, we have that uh, on Blu-ray now. Um, we did see Motel Hell, Bob, uh, a couple weeks ago. There you uh, go. Takes yeah, all yeah. kind never... of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. You know, <laughs> I, I still have not seen Motel Hell. Um, well, you know, I'm not a big, like, gore person. And the first time I saw an ad for that was when I was, you know, a teenager. And we used to go to L.A. for the, the L.A. sci-fi fantasy and horror convention, which was held several times a year. Uh -huh. And they had this big display there of the poster. And, it, you know, it was to me, it was creepy because I was not into the, the gory stuff. And it had the, you know, the um, what was it like? The pig the, head the, and the, the chainsaw. No, it had the field with the oh, what the, was it? The, like the blood bags and the yeah, because they, the they would bury people up to their necks and yeah. they would slit their throats so they couldn't scream or yell, and then they basically make beef jerky out of them because they'd be out there in the middle of the sun and drying up. And it was it was sharing. yeah, it was a little much for me. I still haven't seen it. They they were describing the movie, and I was like. Mm. I think I'll stick with like Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got I got a friend on Facebook that uh, I have to give her points because I think it was either last Halloween or the Halloween before. She got a pig mask and a oh. flannel shirt and a chainsaw and went as Farmer Vincent. <laughs> 
But uh, no, I mean that then that movie it had a lot of humor in there, so it would probably fit in well with the type of films I watch for the season. Um, you know, another um, one, another one would be like uh, like Monster Go Home. I always enjoy watching that one during the Halloween season. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Actually, um, Jasmine, uh, we haven't watched it yet, but we're gonna watch the first Adams Family uh, movie, the remake uh, one. Yeah, the remake one. So, um, just have to make some time to, to fit it in. What, what happens is, you know, we'll watch like, uh, the Omen or, uh, uh, Rosemary's baby or something like that. And then Jazz will be like, well, let can we watch something funny? So we'll throw on like young Frankenstein or she'd never seen, um, Abin Costello meet a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I haven't seen that. In and years. then it turns out, what's that, Bob? I haven't seen that in years. Oh, I have Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein on my list, but yeah, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, I haven't seen that one in a while. It it, it still holds up. It, it it's a fun movie. Um, it, what's funny is Jasmine didn't know who Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde as a character was, so I I'm looking now for uh, the original Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde film. I I'm not sure if Universal put it out. I know Hammer has a version. Um, but but she got it. She understood. You know, especially when yeah. Abbott. Um, he turns into the monster. You know, spoiler alert, he turns into a, a Mr. Hyde, along with the Mr. Hyde version at the end of the film. So it's well, hilarious. Hammer had uh, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, I, I right. think some of these characters, like, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, they're kind of starting to fade from the public memory, you know. They're not as popular, you know. I, and I was listening to a, another podcast the other day, and they were talking about uh, Zorro. It's like mm. that's another character that you know people are not connecting with so much anymore because you know it's it was of a certain period and people are not aware of it. So it's kind of starting to move out. Unless somebody does a big you know remake that's tremendously popular, it's probably not going to be in the public eye much longer. Well, didn't so. they do one with was it with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones and Antonio Banderas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, Not you know, that it did very that. well, but I guess they tried. Yeah, they tried. Well, they had Johnny Depp as Tonto um, a while <laughs> ago too. Well, yeah, for some reason, they're just you know this generation is not taken well to to westerns. Well, I, I gotta say, as an aside, that that commercial with Johnny Depp for the that cologne is the most pathetic thing I have ever seen. But that's just how the mighty have fallen, let's just say. But I, I got to say, I watched Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein today. I never get tired of that movie. Yeah. It's it's endlessly amusing. And I noticed something today I hadn't noticed before. And this, I'm probably the only one who will give two shits. Oh, sorry. About, about it. But there's a, there's a point where... Uh, 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 Costello gets scared by by Dracula, and he he does a whoa. He gets really scared, yeah. and, it, and I realize, oh, that's exactly the yell in Young Frankenstein when his when he's with the hermit and like he gets his thumb set on fire. Thumb? And I thought, are they trying to make the same sound, or was it just coincidental, <laughs> or is it just my brain? Probably Mel Brooks probably same. said, oh, do a Costello yell when you're. When your uh, it, it thumb gets been burnt, Peter Boyle too, right? It, it's yeah. hard to say. That's interesting, though. I mean, if you watch Young Frankenstein, that's like on top of my list. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's just it's so amazing. The parodies, mainly of like 
Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein. Right. And, you know, if if you want someone to watch Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein cold, they're going to find it funny. But if you really want them to get into it, you show them those other three movies first and then show them Young Frankenstein. And the parody of everything is just masterful. Well, I'll tell you, Bob. Oh, go ahead, Karen. Sorry. Oh, wait, well, I was just going to say what's so beautiful about it, too, is that it's a parody, but it's a loving parody. You know, they, they respected the material. Yeah, they didn't, didn't really make fun of it. They uh, mm-hmm. had fun with it. Right. Yeah. So uh, uh, Frankenstein, those three films with Karloff as the Frankenstein monster are definitely on our list. But it's it's interesting to watch young Frankenstein through Jazz's eyes, not not being familiar with Frankenstein bride and son. Um, but it still works. Like like we were talking, it you know, uh, you can go into it cold and it still works. Uh, I mean, there's enough silly humor and things in there that, you know, that is fine. I mean, the scene with Peter Boyle and Gene Hackman is just a classic of cinema, I gotta say. It is. It that's, is. that's worth it for that alone. And uh, yeah, so even like with Madeline Kahn showing up as the bride at the end, spoiler alert, and uh, <laughs> after they swap their brains. But it's just uh, classic. Yeah, no, it was. I say it's definitely on the top of my list. Karen, you got so, any, What are you watching these days? I was gonna say Walker. What what you got going on? So to get me in the Halloween spirit, I always start with the Universal Monsters. Hmm. And this year I started with Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I really, I've grown to appreciate that film over time, even though it's it's very flawed um, because of, you know, of course, uh, Lugosi as the the monster had a speaking role and they they cut all his dialogue out. um, And it, so it, there's a lot of things in it that doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, like the the opening to that movie might be the best opening of any Universal monster film with the two grave robbers going to the um, the Talbot crypt and breaking in, and then the, him reanimating and, and grabbing one of the grave robbers. It's just that the moody, the mood, the atmosphere of that that scene is fantastic. Oh yeah. It's a classic, and yeah, that was. I just that's got to be like the first movie where two monsters clashed, like mm-hmm. bringing two monsters together from so. different films and putting them into one movie to to battle it out. I mean, right, that was, it's the beginning that was the first of the one. shared universal monster universe, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a great one, and I I haven't gotten around. I'm probably going to watch uh, the Wolfman uh, next, which is a film I've grown to really appreciate, and I I think it's on. You know, it's just as good as as Dracula or Frankenstein. I I think it has a, a lot of emotional heft, and you know, originally there was going to be a lot more. Um, mystery over whether Larry was really turning into a wolfman or not, you know, whether it was more in his mind. You almost wish they'd kept it that way, but then we wouldn't have gotten the fantastic makeup and the, the scenes with him running around as the wolfman, so it's it's all good. And it always cracks oh. me up that like, before he goes out as a wolfman, he changes his clothes and <laughs> <laughs> puts, on a, puts on a shirt and buttons it up and like, I better take off my shoes. I'm going to turn yeah. into the wolf man. I don't want to ruin my shoes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, and then Debbie and I, you know, speaking of Wolfman and all that, because uh, she hasn't hadn't seen it, we recently watched American Werewolf in London. Oh, that's which, on my list. Again, it's got humor in it. But, um, 
Yeah, and it's I hadn't watched it in a long time. I forgot how much I enjoyed that movie. It's a great movie. Great effects too. Rick Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Give John Landis credit too. I mean, it was directed brilliantly. Well, it was that mix of humor and horror, right? Because, I mean, there's some really scary, shocking things. When he has the dream and the the uh, pseudo-Nazi monster troopers burst oh, into yeah, the yeah. house and stuff. I mean, that stuff is, is just makes you jump out of your seat. Yeah. And, and then even when he, like, wakes up, mm-hmm. he wakes up in a dream from a dream. Right. And he's got that almost, like, vampire makeup going and he's just... Opens his eyes and you get that jump and then he wakes up for real. And uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of really good stuff. Or the the people and when they you know they go into the the little village and uh, they go into the the tavern and you know they get that the weird behavior from the people there and they, you know stay on the moors, stay on the stay on the road and you know and it's obviously um, influenced by the Universal films, but but then, you know, it kicks it up a notch as far as the horror and the violence. Oh, yeah. But, you know, if you were going to, you know, start your own tavern and you sit there and try to think up a name, would Slaughtered Lamb be like at the top of the list? <laughs> the Slaughtered Lamb. Yeah, it's not, not your usual. And isn't, isn't it like the, the head of a wolf on a pike is like mm-hmm. on the sign? It's like, come on. That's a welcoming yeah. place. Well, you know, uh, yeah, you're the only business in town. I guess people have to go no matter what you call it. <laughs> so what other movies are you guys watching during the Halloween season to get you in the mood? Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun showing Jasmine movies she's never seen before. So we, you know, in keeping with her request to keep it light and humorous, we watched Monster Squad. Oh, uh-huh. Talking about a shared universe of Dracula and Frankenstein and and the other universal uh, universal monsters, uh, you know that a lot of a uh, lot of the dialogue is distinctly eighties in nature. Frankenstein bogus uh, is one of them, but it's it's still a charming little film, and, and it's funny because um, Jasmine wasn't there for the for the beginning of the you know first five minutes of the film, and she came in and she's like, "Oh, we're watching Goonies. Okay, cool." <laughs> about a half hour i let her go with the goonies thing <laughs> yeah my friend barry and barry evans and i went to uh the almo draft house in san francisco and uh we saw basically a, a screening of monster squad they had like the three older kids there the play, actors that played them oh. and uh one of the things they did at the end is they had the whole audience all at once scream or yell wolfman's got nards <laughs> but it's, it's uh, a pretty cute film yeah no, it, it really, was a lot of fun uh, I, lo- I loved it the designs for the uh, creatures are really oh, nice yes. you know they they did a good job taking the originals and updating them and you know giving giving a at that time a modern look to you know like the wolfman the creature uh, the mummy was pretty cool although he, he unraveled <laughs> Yeah. It's like, how do you I defeat the mummy? You just you just unravel him. You just tie tie a bandage to the back of your car and drive off. And Dracula was <laughs> leading them all. Was, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I will say this: with all the different versions of those iconic monsters, the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Wolfman, the, um, 
to me, Karloff's look for Frankenstein is just the quintessential version of the Frankenstein monster in, in, in my mind. Um, I'm okay with different versions of mummy and Wolfman and, and Dracula and whatever, but Karloff to me, man, that is just, that's it as far as the monster goes. Well, it's funny because Jack Pierce that did the makeup, he preferred Glenn Strange to all the other actors. Hmm. He thought Glenn Strange had, I don't know if it was his bone structure or his height or whatever, but um, he felt that he was how Frankenstein, how the Frankenstein monster should look. Glenn must have been so pleased. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, even, even the even that makeup, the, the flat top, it, it had the overall look that is reminiscent to Karloff's uh, version of the Frankenstein monster. Um, we're planning on watching the Hammer uh, Frankenstein. I'm not sure which one we'll we'll watch, but uh, we're going to try to throw in uh, Horror of Dracula and one of the Frankenstein films from Hammer as a contrast oh man you want a contrast go with uh frankenstein meets the space monster (laughs) that is a contrast for you that's an extreme contrast (laughs) yeah i i do gotta get some hammer films before uh halloween though i mean it was funny as a kid hammer always kind of scared me i would watch them but i was always a little uncomfortable it was never like the universal monsters like i could watch universal monsters as a kid and you know i didn't really feel scared i i liked the monsters but hammer movies I, i was always a little bit creeped out you know and um i figure i definitely got to see some dracula but also one that i think a lot of people overlook is hammers the mummy that is an outstanding version yeah. i i think i prefer it to the universal mummy to be honest which wow yeah i, I was never really into the universal mummy movies they were a little bit higher on the ladder than like the invisible man movies but mm-hmm. They were very quite a few rungs down from Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dracula, yeah. and all that. Well, the the Christopher Lee mummy is is a beast. I mean, he just tears it up. He's an it, impressive creature. It's streaming on Amazon. Uh, while we were looking at movies, I, I did see that that movie on there. So for listeners who are looking, well, I mean Christopher Lee. Film. I mean he played Dracula. Yeah. He played the Frankenstein monster. He played the yeah. mummy. Didn't play a wolfman though, or a werewolf. Yeah, Hammer was what Oliver, Oliver Reed what? played it in the Just, Hammer films. Yeah, but. I was going to say Oliver Reed. That was it. So, That's another uh, one I'd like to see again. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I just, also it, like. Uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. No, go on. I also want to uh, see the Phantom of the Opera, the Hammer version. I hadn't seen that in probably ten years. Was um, that uh, Herbert Lom? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Classic. No. Yeah. And no. Then, it was good. Contrast that with the uh, Phantom of Paradise. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. But that did make all the openings of Creature Features, though. True, true. (laughs) uh, That's one of my favorites, the Phantom of Paradise. I mean, that's I I love that movie. Yeah, that's another one I haven't seen in many, many moons. Um, I think it's as well. Now, now one thing, and I know know this is close to... I know this is close to the commander's heart, but I was in uh, Best Buy and oh, I can't remember. I was buying something else, but I was looking through the DVDs and Blu-rays, and for nine ninety nine, what? I found a Blu-ray of Phantasm. Shut the front door. Oh yeah. 
Oh, I tell you. God, I love it. So that's on, that's on the list for Halloween this year. Oh, man. that That's another one Jazz never uh, watched. And that's like in my top five, like all time, you know, Desert Island, Desert Planet movies. <laughs> I just, man, I don't know what it is. I just love that movie. Uh, yeah, if, so, if, if listeners want something cool to watch, I believe it's on YouTube. It's an interview with Angus Scrim, the tall man, uh-huh. done by our Bay Area host, St- John Stanley. Yeah. And he does it in the cemetery. What was it the Morning Star, Morningside Cemetery? I believe it's Morningside. Morningside Cemetery. And it's great because John Stanley's in the cemetery. And this big hearse like pulls up and like they grab him and throw him in the hearse and <laughs> Angus Scrim is in there. And he so he just interviews him basically. If you're kidnapped, you might as well interview somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a good interview and it's kind of a humorous setting and way to kick it off. It, it is. Um, I have a, a Tom Warshad put out some Creature Feature DVDs years ago and I have the John Stanley I don't know if it's John Stanley tapes or whatever but he would do these mini movies of uh, uh, the pumpkin patch and uh, like a Mike Hammer uh, uh, sleuth uh, was it a Kung Fu Dragon? No, it was a KTVU Dragon wasn't it with Chuck Norris? Yeah, he did that with Chuck that? Norris and yeah <laughs> he had a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff mini movies Oh yeah, but, a lot of fun um, and John actually did a uh vampire movie uh, they had it on the the new creature features uh with vincent and uh and the gang uh nightmare in blood yep Cur- but, oh god what's his name the guy from seventh voyage of sinman curtis Kerwin matthews. matthews Kerwin matthews yeah he's actually in it yeah. so that was kind of fun no, it's a fun movie yeah hey, uh, definitely definitely an independent horror film but um, oh absolutely but a lot of fun well and, you know another uh local uh to the bay area at least not the planet eight uh fun movie that we're going to watch um probably next week is going to be the milpitas monster i was gonna say (laughs) if if you've never seen the milpitas monster it's a cautionary tale of uh environmental a catastrophe with uh within the bay area um it's a vintage piece it's it's from the 70s and and if you have ever visited milpitas the city looks nothing like today as it did back then i mean it's it's uh, more modern and you know changed but it's it's a it's a fun little film the thing is is he was uh god i can't think of his name bob um forgive me but well the, yeah, I, the, I can tell you the name because i have a little story about it. um when I was working in the rental department at a video company, I uh, I was like in another room and somebody came in and said, oh, there's this guy in here you need to meet. Well, okay. So I go in there and renting a uh, projector for a screening of the Milpitas Monster was Robert Burl, who was the, uh, the director, producer, what have you, right. of the Milpitas Monster. And he was a teacher of all high things in, in the Milpitas, in a high school teacher. Yeah. And he started it as a film project for his class. Yep. And uh, yeah, so he was. I got. I sat there and talked to him for a while and things. And he was. He was cool. And every, I think every year he does a special screening of the Milpitas monster somewhere in Milpitas. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was uh, at the Great Mall, actually. Yeah, but well, I think it's, he's it's he's done it in theaters. He's done it at the Great Mall. I think he's done it a few other places, but. Whoever will have him and whoever will have his film. I think the last time I saw it, it was at uh, Niles, the uh, yeah, Niles Silent well. Film Museum. And it wasn't silent, but 
Yeah, they did a screening there. It, it's so funny because he, he, even though he's retired, he he's a teacher, so he had his clipboard and pencil, <laughs> <laughs> taking notes and answering questions. So it was, it's a good, fun little movie. Um, what else? What else you got, Walker? Well, I uh, watched a couple of John Carpenter films. Ah. One that I always watch around this time of year, and actually I could watch it any time because I love it, is John Carpenter's The Thing. And, uh, I mean, I that's my favorite of his films. I, I just think it's such a well-done movie. Uh, I mean, I like both versions. I mean, I know they made a third thing, but I don't talk about that but like the 50s version is great it stands on its own but i think john carpenter's version is really excellent too for the paranoia and the effects acting and everything so i i watched that and then i watched a john carpenter movie i haven't seen in many years which i consider a very strange film which is prince of darkness Mm. have you ever seen that movie Uh, if i had it's like a long time ago I mean, basically, the church has been keeping Satan in a cylinder as a blob of green goo. Jesus was an alien. He was the red uh, goo in the other bottle, right? (laughs) And and it has Alice Cooper as well. But it's a pretty weird movie. I think it's one of those movies that's probably more interesting in the concept than in the execution there was a lot of stuff that they were trying to do and it's it's amusing but there's definitely i don't know there's a lack of uh something that didn't quite didn't quite kick off but it's still worth watching i can watch it like every 10 years because you feel kind of like let down or at least i did at the end because there was like this deja vu kind of was it deja vu or was it time travel where they're trying to communicate with you yeah it was like people from the future were sending this dream the same dream over and over to the people in the church and they were trying to show them something that was hap- going to happen and it was like you know so you keep seeing this things keep seeing this thing and then at the end you saw it but it was slightly different and right and it yeah. would drip upside down the, the, it was like leaking the, and the goo yeah yeah it would possess people and stuff yeah, I mean, satanic was, goo goo that'll do it to you it, yeah <laughs> it had it has its share of, of scares and there's moment interesting ideas but it's just not quite it's no thing let's put it that way yeah <laughs> well jumping back to phantasm real quickly uh, you know <laughs> the the concept of the movie it, it's kind of it goes all over the place there's the metal sphere there's the tall man there's there's a shape-shifting is is it a female uh, stabbing people in in the graveyard the the poster the tagline for the film is if this one doesn't scare you you're dead already and and the poster is an iconic poster and so i always thought you know if if you have a good title for a movie a good tagline the music's like it'll embed in your mind uh, kind of like the uh, mr chicken film we were talking about with oh, Don, the ghost Don, and mr Don, chicken the ghost and mr chicken the organ music, but I wonder what the concept or the discussion was with the with the Prince of Darkness or um, what was the film Walker with this um, the Devil in the Church? Yeah, Prince of Darkness. We were just talking Prince of Darkness. What was the discussion that they had, and they thought it would be a good idea to make that movie? Something got cut in the middle of that story. 
Yeah. Film that we got. I don't know. I it, mean, it's a, it's. I still think it's worth watching. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's you know, but there's, yeah, there's something not quite there. Well, let let's kick it over to Bob and see, Bob, what, what do you got going on next? Well, I mean, speaking of John Carpenter, we did recently watch Big Trouble in Little China, which is like one of my favorite <laughs> films of all time. That is a classic. but one Blu-ray I have sitting next to the player, ready to be watched. Sometime during this Halloween season is the fog. Oh, uh, I like with the Adrian original? Barbeau. Yes, and uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I did get the blue. Yeah, it's funny because Deep Discount DVD has uh, has sales every once in a while. And uh-huh. we're have a sale on horror films right now, and I'll go through and just say, all right, what don't I have? <laughs> and I'll pick up a yeah. bunch of discs. And recently, one of the ones I picked up was The Fog. So uh, mm. it's been a little while since I've seen it. So yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be watching that sometime between now and Halloween. Yeah, that's a good one. Not necessarily. Last- What's that, Walker? Oh, I just said I watched that one last year. Yeah. Yeah, we we watched that earlier. But speaking about deep discounts, um, not necessarily a movie, but worth mentioning is uh, Kino Lorber. Uh, as a company puts out these uh, vintage movies, um, they have a box set of the uh, Night Stalker, Kolchak the Ooh. Night Stalker series, all 20 episodes. It's loaded with extras, interviews. Uh, David Chase talks in, in detail about um, how they were trying to get the series uh, going and, and continuing. Uh, but when they put it up against uh, Sanford and Son, that's... <laughs> That that that's it. That sealed the deal, and uh, no more Coltac the Night Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, if you guys get a chance to go out there, go directly to Kino Lorber, K I N O L O R B E R. Um, it's like fifty nine bucks. Uh, Amazon had it for seventy nine. Nothing against Mr. Bezos, but uh, it was it was just a better deal. <laughs> that's right, and you know it's always cool to. Slip a three, slip a few coal shacks in between your Halloween movies. Oh. You know, another that thing I kind of like to slip in uh, between movies would be like the Looney Tunes cartoons, some right. of the stuff like Bugs Bunny and Gossamer, or they had uh, was it Sylvester and Tweety doing the uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde takeoff. Um, <laughs> you also had you also had Bugs Bunny and the Vampire Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Yeah, hocus pocus. Oh, Porky Pig and Sylvester in the haunted house. Oh one yeah, and there's another one too where they're camping and they're in this tent and there's all these things happening out in the dark forest they're <laughs> camping in. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to because I've got like the Looney Tunes sets all on DVD. I've always wanted to go in and edit together kind of all the Witch Hazel episodes and the and all the ones yeah. we were just talking about and the Gossamers and everything else and just have a sort of a little mini marathon of uh, Halloween type Looney Tunes episodes. That'd be cool. Speaking of TV, a more recent thing that I've been watching, I know Larry, you've been watching too, is uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, yes. And that is just cracking me up. Oh, my gosh. They're on the third season now. If, you, if you're if you not watching this, folks, it's on FX. It's supposed to be a series where they're supposedly filming a uh, group of vampires that live in this house in New Jersey. And these are like the most inept, stupid vampires. <laughs> and... It just the the things that that they get into, I, it's I don't know. It's it's hilarious though. Well, 
I, I can't say enough good things. They, they there was a movie, and the movie's hilarious as well. Right, um, and Taika Waititi was part of that. He, exactly, the same title for the movie, and uh, the series goes in a whole, and, and it's kind of like a documentary. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, to uh, to be fair, you know, even outside of Halloween season, like Bob said, we watch horror movies like all year long, science fiction. You know, I'm watching all this stuff for the podcast, and and my own personal uh, you know pleasure, Mandalorian and and all that stuff. So Jasmine, you know, will trade off on TV nights and she got me hooked on because I'm, I'm trying to watch things outside of the genre just to you know not get overwhelmed what to um, appear like a normal human being <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do you yeah. want to do that for to be able to talk about things at parties or social events outside of the genre <laughs> i just usually um, just stand there and act awkward it works for me <laughs> Socially awkward, but at least I enjoy my movies. So, exactly. She got me watching the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh dear God! And and what surprised me is they're on their like thirteenth season. I'm like, they've been doing this for like over ten years. Um, and you know, you, you, it's it's like uh, Dallas or, or Melrose Place. You just kind of get caught up in in the antics and the and the drama, but. What I've fallen in love with outside of the genre, I know we're not, you know, we're talking about Halloween, but it's um, Ted Lasso. If you guys haven't watched Ted Lasso, put it on your list um, after the month of October, obviously. But uh, getting back to Walker's uh, What We Do in the Shadows, it's documentary style like The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. (laughs) But, um, God, they, they go all over the place. It's there are these werewolves that they're rivals with. And, you know, to, to get the werewolves off your back, you throw a bone and they chase after it like a dog. And the wolves are always wetting the lawn in front of the vampire's house, which is outside of New York City. And, oh, God, it's just it's so funny. They go in so many different directions. Highly, highly recommend that series and the film uh, also. Well, I mean, FX, you can't go back, right? You have to just watch it live <clears throat> or watch you know, it when it's on or whatever. I, I think what? FX has like a streaming, like FXXX or something like that. And and you can watch it online. You, you, you don't have to like. Uh, I mean, that was, that's to be quite. Where can you catch up on this thing? Well, yeah, I, I know. I see it on Hulu. I see it the next day on Hulu and it, oh, it's just in go. my queue. Like it's recorded in my queue or it's on on demand. Very good. Well, I guess someday I'll have to get Hulu, too. <laughs> I don't know. I just broke down and got High Dive recently. High Dive. High Dive is showing the sixth season or sixth series of Lupin the Third. Like, uh, it comes out, the episode comes out in Japan and, like, shortly after it shows up on High Dive, subtitled and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I, four ninety nine a month for me was worth it to see four or five episodes of Lupin during the month. Well, there so, you go. I don't, you know, there's just so, so much. I mean, I think, sure. I think Debbie's going to subscribe to Hulu when we get closer to the Orville, mm-hmm. the new season of the Orville. So when she does that, then maybe I'll catch up on other stuff that's on there. You will not regret, uh, what we do in the shadows. I, I trust me. Now here's a movie. I don't know if you guys have even seen it, but you know, we, we had Michael Doherty as a guest at one of our Godzilla fests. Mm-hmm. And he showed his Godzilla King of the Monsters, but he also directed Trick or Treat. 
Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And I always thought it was just amazing that it's all these little individual stories. But when you're watching them, they kind of all intertwine, not just with the Sam character, but you'll see other characters from the other stories, you know, walk through a scene or, or you'll see what's happening to them, you know, after or before their story. And yeah, it's just, they all kind of intertwine and it's good. I mean, it's a good, uh, you know, type of, uh, I don't know, white Christmas for Halloween type movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It, it's you know, it has that anthology feel, but like you said, Bob, there's like a connectivity to it as well. You know, like a shared universe um, kind of thing going on. Uh, well, I mean, you see all these stories are happening in the same place around the same time. And, you know, right. yeah, it's, know, it's a lot of fun. It's interesting to me that they never did like a second or third movie, like build out that franchise. I know there were plans to do it and then it just kind of... Well, if you go into the Spirit Halloween store these days, they've got a whole section full of Sam and trick-or-treat, you know, props and toys and decorations. So, I don't know. I guess it's, it's still popular. Popular enough to yeah. mass merchandise. Yeah. I uh, I recently ordered a mask from this company and... Um, for, for Halloween, and they they sent a Sam air freshener, and I guess it smells like pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, thank you. That's the only bad thing about this time of the year is all the damn pumpkin spice this and that. <laughs> oh my god, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, with the Lobo episode, I talked about the Monster Mash cereal, uh, the Frankenberry chalk. Chocula and uh, Jazz and I went out and got the uh, Halloween themed Captain Crunch. Uh, nothing spooky, no bats in the Captain Crunch mix, like bat uh, marshmallows. But when you uh, put the cereal in milk, it turns the milk green. Nice. Ooh, so. The green slime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it kind of related to that. I usually get up in the morning and eat my bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh-huh. And recently, Honey Nut Cheerios had like little Halloween figures of like the bee and all, I guess all his supporting cast or whatever. And, uh, but they had three chase figures. There was a one in 10 chance of getting Count Chocula. There was like a one in 25 chance of getting Booberry. And then there was like a one in 50 chance of getting Frankenberry. Mm. And on the third try, I got Frankenberry. <laughs> dun, dun, so. Dun. so there you go. That was cool. That was just kind of a Halloween bonus this year that I wasn't was not even expecting. Oh, very cool. Yeah, have to go buy some uh, Honey Nut Cheerios now and try my luck. Oh, good luck, man! Uh, I was in Safeway the other day and they didn't yeah. have any more with the figures in them. They're all just regular boxes again. Just like walking into Home Depot or Lowe's or any of those places. You got this little tiny phone booth area. Phone booth is something that we had before cell phones, and you had to like put money in the phone and make call. Anyway, little phone booth area. We'll say closet area. That'll make be more relatable. There's a whole closet area of Halloween stuff, and just rows and rows of Christmas everywhere. And you just can't. Yeah, I mean. Halloween would always get kind of pushed out maybe a week before Halloween or a few days before Halloween. But now it was like Halloween was out for maybe a few days and Christmas came in and just pulverized it. You got to let the holidays breathe. Well, 
you know? Well, you got to kind of commercialize Thanksgiving somehow just so there's a buffer in between. I'm sure December 26th they'll have bikinis out for the summer months, so <laughs> not at Lowe's or Home Depot to be sure. Well, they'll have like Valentine's out by then. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, talking about anthologies, and we kind of talked about this uh, with Mr. Lobo last episode, but the Halloween series with uh, Michael Myers, and it, it's funny, AMC showing like all the or most of the Halloween movies and uh, jazz has never seen Halloween three. And there's this chart. I'll, I'll send it to you, Karen. Maybe we can put it on the blog spot page, but it's, it's a diagram to say, okay, this was the first Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. This was the second one that is no longer considered Canon because they did a second one three years ago of a Jamie Lee Curtis character that has <laughs> it. And and so then the second one is streaming on Peacock of that universe series of Mike Myers. Anyway, we watched the one on Peacock the other night, and uh, I don't know. I uh, maybe I've watched too much Michael Myers. I I didn't really appreciate the film as much as maybe some viewers might. I, I think I, I think they would have been better off doing the anthology idea with Halloween. Um, the only cool thing about that, uh, I think it's Halloween Kills is the name of the film. They mm-hmm. had the three masks from Halloween 3. The witch, the skeleton, oh. yeah, and the pumpkin. These uh, these really bad kids, bullies, were wearing those masks. And uh, all I'll say is they got their comeuppance in Halloween Kills uh, uh, as, they, as they so richly deserved from being little... Uh, or uh, little bad kids uh, in Halloween time. Yeah, well, I mean, I was never really into the slasher films. Mm. I mean, I saw the first Halloween and uh, yeah, the first Friday the Thirteenth and and all that. But yeah, no, I was just was never really into them. Yeah, I, I I can appreciate the first Halloween movie, the first Friday the Thirteenth, uh, even the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but after that, it was kind of like well, I don't know. But original, uh, you know, points go to Motel Hell, even though it was a slasher film. It was in a different idea than what we traditionally yeah. see. Well, yeah, I mean, they had some other interesting elements in there. Oh, yeah, to be sure. But Halloween 3, it, it's not the best movie, but at least they went away from the slasher theme. And, and even as popular as Michael Myers was at that time, um, they, they rolled the dice. Unfortunately, they got snake eyes. But it's a charming little movie in and of itself. And it has a catchy theme song for the Halloween masks, the Shamrock uh, Mask Company uh, for, the, for the Halloween. Oh, commercial. that song. You know, you mentioned AMC and that reminded me uh, a couple of years ago, they had a series called The Terror. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if either of you saw that. Uh, they did two seasons that I didn't really, I couldn't really get into the second season, but it was an anthology. The proposal was that each season would be a different story. So it was going to be an anthology. And the first season was actually pretty good, although it was a slow burner. You had to stick with each episode. And the first season was about this um, uh, British Navy ship that was exploring the Arctic and it got stuck in the ice. And so slowly the men are like, they're starving and kind of going crazy. And there seems to be some sort of creature on the ice that is picking them off. Mm. 
like one by one. And there's an element of mysticism to it as well. And it was really well done. They had some some good actors in it. And uh, it was creepy. It was really freaky. Like what, you know, like you didn't know when this thing was going to strike and what was happening and everything. Um, so I would, if, if you're up for something that's kind of a slow burn, I would recommend that. That was definitely worth watching. The second season took place in like a World War II Japanese concentration camp and it had um sort of like these spirits or creatures and i i don't know i only got about halfway through it i couldn't stick with that one um but uh and i don't know if they were gonna do a third season i haven't heard anything about a third season Hmm. but uh the first season was definitely really good i'll have to check it out uh how about you bob we're coming up towards the uh end of this episode you have anything else you'd like to mention uh you know, I think we went through most of the movies on my list. Oh, you know, another one that I, I, I'm not watching this Halloween season only because I recently watched it uh, on Creature Features mm. was Spider Baby. Oh. Which yeah. is it's kind of, it's sort of Adam's Family type creepy humor, but yeah, I mean, Lon Chaney Jr. is the father of these two daughters who get into quite a bit of, uh, shall we say, mischief. <laughs> and he's got to like cover up for them and it's just a lot of fun fun movie very funny and uh i'll watch that every once in a while during during the halloween season all right cool, it's funny. cool. i've, I've heard um, of that i have never seen it really yeah. I, could, I could send yeah. it down to you along with the howling if you want <laughs> <laughs> well i want to give a quick plug to the um in search of darkness series uh the first two uh episodes are on amazon and they're they're trying to do a fundraiser for episode three which i'm i'm sure they'll do and um they got a uh i'm not sure what platform it's on like a gofundme thing but if you search if you search for in search of darkness and it, it's a documentary they're they're about three hours long they're hefty but it gets into or uh 80s horror films um slashers and and otherwise um check it out if you guys uh get a chance it's a fun watch um okay it's that part of the podcast where we're gonna go and uh share our sensor sweep this episode chief engineer bob you have the sensor sweep take it away sir i do i do and uh this was kind of another discovery i made walking through stores but uh you know another movie that's kind of ingrained in us during the halloween season is always night of the living dead and uh, as i was walking through target one day i came across a blu-ray of night of the animated dead and i'm looking at it and the cover you know is like animated versions of some of the characters from Night Living Dead and i looked on the back and it said it was an animated version of the movie and i thought well huh this could be interesting or this could be really really bad <laughs> so i thought what the heck roll the dice bought it it was only like uh 71 minutes so it's not a big investment in time but yeah it was really really bad it's basically (laughs) almost a shot for shot version of night living dead except animated very stiffly so the animation is not that good and it just pretty much follows the script although they do show you what happens at the diner with ben before he gets to the farmhouse which is kind of interesting, but again, you know, it's, it's very kind of stiffly done animation. I mean, it's by Warner Brothers, so 
I was thinking, hey, you know, the animation should be pretty good, but it really right. isn't. And they're all, you know, pretty much unknown actors except for Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. Oh, Starbuck. Does a voice in there. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. You can avoid it if you like. Um, this is this is your Halloween warning. <laughs> if you come across Night of the Animated Dead in Target and it looks somewhat enticing, resist. Resist. So this, so this is our first. Uh, right. This is our first uh, trick. Uh, not a treat. Uh, sensor sweep. That's right. Our cautionary sensor sweep. Do not <laughs> buy this product. Hey, you know, I mean, sometimes you come across some stuff, and you just have to warn people. And yeah, it's we'll just not worth it. <laughs> danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> but I do have a copy of it, so if people, somebody wants it, you know, I'm sure it'll be up for grabs at some point. When we go back to conventions, that'll be one of the prizes on the prize wheel over at the Planet 8 table. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you know, this was a lot of fun. Uh, listeners, please um, share with us some of the films that, that you watch during this season, uh, some of your favorites. Uh, you can comment on uh, Facebook, uh, over on Twitter, uh, over on planetatepodcast.com, um, over on our YouTube. Uh, share with us some of some of your movies. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we want to wish you a happy and safe Halloween. Um, and uh, thank you for listening. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planetatepodcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planetatepodcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I think it's rather heartwarming that adults get in the Halloween spirit.